Well, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Harbor Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Harbor. Thanks. Thank you for doing that, Tara, uh, not stealing my thunder. I think whenever I introduce anyone, I always like preach like at least a third of their message in my intro, so that's really kind of you. Um, so really quick, I'm stoked about the cereal bar. Um, I did not realize like there's like a small army of people passionate about Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> like I've always been like, it's fine, but like people got angry at me, like just like they were, they just told me about Cinnamon Toast Crunch and they were just pre-angry that I like wasn't going to buy it or something. So I just want to let you know it's going to be awesome tonight. Also, I got to, I got to apologize really quick to you guys. Cause last week who, like who was here last week? Clap if you're here last week. Okay. You know how I like, I like, I actually did like very much brag on myself on stage and talk about like my awesome, like uh, design of like the graphic that was up there for the cereal bar and like, just like took a moment and had you guys praise me. So I realized this, so I, I did design it, but actually and factually, Tara is the one who suggested it, and far be it for me to take the credit, she's the one who suggested it, so I just wanted to get that out there. She said, you should Photoshop a bartender with cereal, and so I felt super convicted. I was like, I took credit for something that really was not truly mine, and so been feeling guilty all week, have barely been able to study. Anyways, okay, I'm going to pray and let's dive in. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for blessing us. And Lord, as we've been just singing in that last song, we, we do desire all that you have for us. And we don't want our relationship with you to be stale or old, but we want freshness and newness. And so God, that's what this series is all about. And may we open up our hearts to what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said... Amen. Okay, so tonight we are wrapping up a series, as you can see, called Carry the Fire. And this series is all about getting to know who the Holy Spirit is and inviting the Holy Spirit to take over more of our lives. And if you are new to church or new to the Bible or new to kind of the idea of the Holy Spirit, maybe that language would sound kind of intimidating or overwhelming to you. And uh, I would encourage you, check out the last two episodes of our podcast because we really started from the ground and this is kind of building on those last two teachings. But I do want to do a quick recap for you. Uh, Two weeks ago, we learned about this concept that followers of Jesus believe in called the Trinity, which is that as Christians, we do not believe in three gods. Uh, We believe in one God, but a God who exists in three persons, three unified persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we talked about that this idea is, is somewhat mysterious to us. And it's hard for us to really, truly actually wrap our mind around, because again, it's not three gods. It's not one God who shapeshifts. It is one God who exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We unpacked all that two weeks ago. We also talked two weeks ago that Jesus, when he was here on this earth, he did not view the Holy Spirit as optional for his followers, but he said, the Holy Spirit is essential for you. If you're gonna follow me, you're gonna need the Holy Spirit. 
And, and then last week, we, we studied this really beautiful concept called the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the filling of the Holy Spirit. You can use those two terms interchangeably. And what we talked about last week was that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit filling our lives with God's presence and God's power so that we can be on God's mission. Now, as we wrapped up last week, I encouraged you guys, I said, if people have questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come ask me, because I wanted to know. Like, I wanted to make sure that, that everything was clear. And there was actually a couple really good questions that were asked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, and what I did was I actually just this afternoon recorded a little, like, six-minute podcast episode, and I answered all the questions that were asked. And so um, I, I want to dive in because the content that we're going to be covering tonight is really, really important. But if you had a couple more questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, listen to the teaching from last week, and then you can also listen to that bonus episode that's on our podcast. You can just search Harbor Teaching Podcast on anywhere, or you can go to our Instagram, and the link is right there in the bio for our podcast. Okay, tonight though, we're gonna talk about one big idea. And I'm putting it up on the screen, but, but this is the big idea that we're gonna cover and, and dive into for the entire night. To grow and strengthen the church, the Holy Spirit gives each of us gifts that must be directed by love. So I'm gonna say that again, because this is gonna be all we're gonna talk about tonight. To grow and strengthen the church, the Holy Spirit gives each of us gifts that must be directed by love. Now, we're going to talk tonight about this uh, term, this biblical term called spiritual gifts. And maybe most of us, if we've been around church, have heard this before. If you haven't, that's totally fine. Um, I think you're going to, uh, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we're going to talk about. But, but the idea of spiritual gifts is very much covered in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14. So if you want to turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, we're going to be jumping around there a little bit. Uh, you can also just check it out because it'll all be on the screen. But here, here's the idea that, that as best as I possibly can, that is my one sentence summary of 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. Those hundred or so verses, uh, probably not even a hundred, maybe a little bit more like 70 or something. I'm not good at doing math in my head. But anyways, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to break down each one of these three. So we're going to start with this idea of to grow and strengthen the church. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. So here's the idea. The Holy Spirit, he is God, and he has a vision for the earth. He has a vision for history. He has a vision for how the world is going right now. He has a vision for our church, for you personally. And, and, and really this vision has two parts. The first part is he wants to grow God's kingdom. In other words, he wants more people to meet Jesus and encounter the love of Jesus. If people don't know Jesus, he's like, I want to introduce you to Jesus so you can experience the love of God. That's, that's the first part. And so he gives us spiritual gifts. He gives you and he gives me spiritual gifts to bring that purpose forward, to help people meet Jesus. The second thing is that he wants to strengthen the people who already know Jesus. He wants to help them become more and more like Jesus. And so for me, I have certain things that God has given to me 
to help you become more like Christ. And in the same way, you have certain things that God has given you to help me become more like Christ. That's the goal, that a spiritual gift is given to each of us, to you, to me, and the purpose is that each of us helps to encourage each other. So think about it in two ways, that the Spirit's goal is, is to go wide, to spread the message, and then to go deep to help us grow more in our walk with God. Now, in this passage, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul uses this metaphor of a body. And if you've ever heard uh, people say the body of Christ before, um, that's where he gets it. And he says that each of us is like a, a part of the body. And, and his point with this is to say that we would never say that like we don't need a part of our body, right? Like you think about like the like would you rather game and it's like would you rather like cut off your foot or your hand? And it's like, well, I was planning on using both. So like, need, like I would like to keep all of it, please. That'd be great. And, and that's his point. Like everything is essential. Every piece is essential. Now, here, here's what I think is really interesting about this teaching. Because it really actually like flies in the face of so many of the cultural narratives that we face today. Because th think about this. In our culture right now, it, it's said that my gift is to build my brand and to build my platform. So like the reason I have something is to make myself famous or to make my name big. And what Paul is saying, what the scripture is saying is, no, no, no. The gift is to build up other people, to help other people come to know God. Another thing that, that, that we see in our cultural narrative is that we have this perspective right now that I have a perspective, that I have a personality, and that my perspective, my truth is right. And the goal is we kind of need to like cancel everybody else and like everybody else, if they have a different perspective, they're probably wrong. Like this is a massive amount of what we see online right now, right? Is that people are just fighting and we can't like even agree on anything. And if you disagree with me, like you are the worst, like please, you are blocked. Like, am I right? That, that's, that's the mentality. And, and here's what Paul is saying and here's what the scripture is saying is that God has given each of us perspectives and personalities and giftings that are radically different, but they're actually to help each other and so that each other can grow. Like I look at myself and my marriage as a perfect example. Katie, she is incredibly strong in discernment. Like she has a high degree of discernment and a high degree of wisdom. And I'm very strong in, in believing in people and just having like this like faith of like, I, I see such potential in you. And so that's actually a really good gift together. Like we had a situation this week where like she had been discerning something for three years and I figured it out like two weeks ago. And, and it wasn't like, and she literally like, she was like, hey, like, like, remember I told you this three years ago and she wasn't saying it in like this mean way, like, ha, I told you so. But she was like, you, like I'm not crazy. Like, I, I discerned this three years ago. And, and, and there's been situations, like there was a situation once where we were like ministering to somebody and, and I was like, man, I think this person could be like a, 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 a men's pastor someday. I think he has that potential. And she was like, he, he's, he's not very stable right now. You need to be a little bit like distance from him. And we were both right. Like, like I was right to see the potential. And she was right 
to have the discernment. And, and she needs my perspective and I need her perspective, right? And in the exact same way, you have a perspective and it is needed, it is valuable. But also somebody else's perspective is needed and valuable too. It's not that your perspective is right and you're the one who leads the right parade and everybody else needs to join. And the point of this is that we want to have this appreciation, but, but the other point of it is the spiritual gifts that we have, they're meant to be sent out into the world. They're meant to be launched. You guys know that I really like golf, but like if I were to go to the driving range and get a bucket of golf balls and just carry them around with me, it would be a very sad thing. Because the fun thing about golf is actually teeing up a ball and hitting it and launching it out into the sky. And in the same way, the spiritual gifts that we have, they're meant to be sent out into the world. They're meant to be launched out so that the church can grow wider, more people can get saved, and so that the people who are in the church can go deeper in their faith. So that's the first thing. The Holy Spirit, when he's looking at this, he's thinking, I wanna grow and I wanna strengthen the church. Let's keep going. The second part of this is that in order to grow and strengthen the church, the Holy Spirit gives each of us gifts. So, so the why is we're growing and strengthening the church. The how is the Spirit says, I'm going to give some people gifts. Everybody gifts. Every follower of Jesus. And this is what it says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. It's a little bit of a longer text, but stay with me. It says, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another person the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Now listen, this is the summary of that. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. This is so important. We've been talking throughout the past two weeks that the Holy Spirit is not this vague, impersonal blob that kind of vibes around in the universe. The Holy Spirit is God. He is God, and so he has every attribute of God. He is infinitely wise, all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful. And so the Holy Spirit, in his infinite wisdom and in his infinite love, he, he looks at you and he says, I know everything going on right now in your life. I know everything going on in the future. I know the churches you will be in. I know the communities you will be in. I know the people you will touch. And so I have decided that there are specific gifts that I am going to give you so that you can accomplish my will. So, so the gifts that you have, they're not an accident. Yes, they're part of our personality and part of our makeup and part of our, 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 our history has shaped our gifts, but they are intentionally designed and curated and given to you by the Holy Spirit. Now, that means that as followers of Jesus, one of the most important things that we do is go on a continual journey of discovering our spiritual gifts and developing our spiritual gifts. 
That's what we are called to do. Now, at some point here in, in the probably like fall, I want to do like a lab specifically on spiritual gifts where we come together on like a Saturday morning and, and just deep dive into this and actually have small groups where we can develop it and go a little bit deeper into this content. But for now, I want to give a brief overview of what the scripture talks about when it comes to spiritual gifts. There are three separate places in the New Testament where spiritual gifts are talked about. And I think this is going to be super helpful to you. And it's up on the screen here. There's three categories of spiritual gifts, if you will. There's the motivational gifts, the manifestation gifts, and then ministry gifts. And I'm going to talk through each one. The motivational gifts are called the motivational gifts because they're used to, to motivate people, to encourage people to come to know God or to encourage people to move deeper in their relationship with God. And here's what's interesting about the motivational gifts. You, you, you'll probably notice that these look a lot like strengths that you have. They, they honestly, a lot of them, you, you could say, I, if you work at Harris or if you work at Starbucks, you're like, I, I actually use these in my job. Like, I, like, there's things that I have from this list that I use just in my everyday life. They're, they're, they're character traits and they're strengths, but they're also just gifts that have been given to you by the Holy Spirit. So administration, in other words, the ability to organize. Uh, discernment, evangelism, sharing your faith, exhortation, that's encouragement, faith, big belief, believe in God for big things, giving or generosity, helps, you just love to come alongside people and help them and encourage them, hospitality, you love to welcome people into your home and make them feel welcome and make them feel loved, leadership, mercy, serving, teaching, wisdom. So again, these things are given to us by the Spirit, and, and one thing that we must realize with all the spiritual gifts is that when God gives you a gift, we're invited to develop it over time. It's like a muscle. We want to work it and grow it and improve in the gifts. In addition to this, the, the Spirit sometimes can even develop new gifts in us. And so we, we're invited to even desire a deeper experience with the gift. If you see a gift on this list, it's not a sinful thing or a bad thing to say, man, I would like to have that gift that doesn't necessarily mean the Spirit's going to give it to you, but it's a beautiful thing and a faith-filled thing to desire it. Okay, so motivational gifts. The, the second one, and this is the one that, if, if we're honest, kind of trips people up. Maybe there's some people in here that you're going to start like, kind of like looking around and being like, is something weird about to happen right now? If we talk about these gifts, the manifestation gifts. And they're called manifestation gifts because in um, one or two versions of what we just read, um, the, the language actually says that the Spirit gives a manifestation for the common good. And, and so this idea is that there's some supernatural things that the Spirit allows us to do in order, once again, to, to bring people towards Him and to take us deeper. These things are things like words of knowledge, healing, miracles, prophecy, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, discernment of spirits, tongues and interpretation of tongues, both of which I'm going to talk about in a minute here. So these things, as you notice, they are supernatural. It's not like you would look out at an average person or maybe in a meeting at Harris be like, I think it's time for me to break out a discernment of spirits. It's something that the, the Spirit gives us. And there are many times these gifts, that they are given to us for a moment of time that the Spirit says, hey, you need this to help somebody. So maybe you have never healed anyone before, 
God lays it on your heart. Actually, just in our leaders meeting tonight, uh, we had Shiloh say that she, sorry, I'm calling you out, Shiloh, but she said, I, I, God prompted me to pray for someone's healing, and she prayed, and that person received healing. And so that was a moment in time where God brought, uh, g- gave Shiloh that prompting in order to bring someone closer to him. So this is the beautiful thing. This is the awesome thing about the Holy Spirit, that he's good and he's generous and he's kind, and he gives us, the, uh, us these gifts. But even these gifts, the manifestation gifts, we, we can grow deeper in our ability to do them as God gives them to us. The third topic, and I'm going to move super quickly through this, is, is ministry gifts. And basically what this is, is if one of, if you, if someone, or, or there, there are many people within the church that they grow in their ability to do either motivational gifts or manifestation gifts. And so they actually are given titles or, or areas of church leadership. And God uses those areas of church leadership to grow the church and to help other people uh, be equipped in the body of Christ. So you see pastor, teacher, that is a role that I have. I'm a pastor who helps people grow in their faith. I'm a teacher who teaches God's word. And my goal is I'm trying to help all of us grow closer to God and grow deeper in the, their, their, their callings. Okay, so that is the types or the categories of spiritual gifts. Now, I want to specifically hone in for a few minutes here on two that a lot of people are confused about, which is the gift of tongues and the gift of prophecy. Now, these two gifts are very, very powerful, but at the same time, they are very, very confusing. And I just want to pause for a moment and say, look, here's the thing. These two especially are opportunities for God to invite us to experience him in a beautiful way. And as a church, we always want to be inviting people to say, God, I want more of you. But at the same time, we also want to create clarity. Uh, we, we don't want to create some like elite club where, you know, there's the ins and the outs and the haves and the have nots. And so my goal here in teaching this is, is to remove confusion, to bring clarity and hopefully to help you where maybe you've seen or heard something or heard a vague thing about tongues or heard something about prophecy. And you're like, I don't even know what that is. Like, hopefully this moment in time brings that clarity because we want to say, God, whatever you have for us, I want to go there. Okay, so let's talk about tongues and prophecy. Now, throughout our time in this series, we have uh, talked about the idea of fire as an illustration of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible oftentimes uses fire as an illustration of the Holy Spirit. But think about fire. Fire can get wildly out of control. Like, Right now, there are wildfires happening in California. That is a fire that has gone badly out of control. In addition, fire is a very beautiful and powerful thing, and there are plenty of circumstances in life where fire, if you don't have fire, it's bad. Like like before electricity, fire provided warmth and comfort and guidance and, 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 and direction, and so If you didn't have fire, you were in big trouble. So the idea is, with the Holy Spirit, we we don't want something to break out that's completely out of control, but we don't want to quench the Spirit and there's no fire. We want to operate with a controlled burn. We want to operate with the, the power of the Holy Spirit as directed by the Word of God. 
And we want to use the Holy Spirit or rather have the Holy Spirit use us in the way that scripture outlines for us. And so that's the thought process that we want to wrap our minds around when it comes to tongues and prophecy. Let's talk about tongues. Tongues is the spirit-given ability to speak to God in a language that you can't currently understand. That's, that's what tongues is in the Bible. And, and so what this means is the Holy Spirit, he, he gives us this ability. And, and tongues is all about speaking to God. So prophecy, and, and I was actually talking to Pastor Dave, who's in the back, and he helped me uh, th- think through this this morning. But he said prophecy is, is God speaking to man. Tongues is us humans speaking to God. Now, in the Bible, in the New Testament, there are three different ways that tongues is used. The first is that a human being will actually speak in a human language that they don't know. And and so this actually happens on the day of Pentecost. If you remember that story, the Holy Spirit falls on them. And then look at what it says in Acts chapter 2. It says, they were bewildered because each of them were hearing the disciples speak in his own language. And then they said, we hear them declaring the wonders of God to us in our own tongues. And so in other words, this would be like if there were some people in here who spoke Swahili and some people in here who spoke German and some people here who spoke Russian and everybody in here left and they were like, I just understood that. And that would be God giving the speaker the ability to actually speak in a way that they heard that language. Now, most often, this is one of those times where you don't really have this gift as like a normal gift that you're throwing around, but maybe you're on the mission field or you're in a situation where God really wants the gospel to be proclaimed or whatever, and God will just supernaturally give people that ability, and that's happened in history. That's probably the least common occurrence of tongues. A much more common occurrence of tongues is what we oftentimes call a prayer language. And what this is, is it's speaking in a supernatural, unknown language for the purpose of us growing closer to God. Now, the Apostle Paul, he talks about this in 1 Corinthians 14. And again, this is a strange concept. The goal here is to demystify this, to to help bring you and show you this is what the scripture says. 1 Corinthians 14, it says, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. So there we see tongues is speaking to God. And listen, here's the key. For no one understands him. So if if you speak in tongues, no one's going to be like, yeah, I got that. Because he's speaking to God. But he utters mysteries in the spirit. The one who speaks in tongues builds himself up. That's very key. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. So this is an extremely key point. That, that, that this is a language that, that we can't understand. And the purpose is we actually build ourselves up in the spirit. And, and so here's how I would describe this in just a normal, everyday instance, okay? Have you ever been in a situation where you literally are just without words? Maybe you are overcome with grief or overcome with sorrow. And you just feel like, man, I feel like I should pray in this situation but I just got nothing to say. Maybe another instance is, have you ever been in a situation where you want to pray to God and you want to bring glory to God and you want to bring honor to God, but you feel like, man, Brian, every time I try to pray, it's just like lame, you know? Like, dear God, 
you're good and so awesome and nice. You know what I mean? Like, have you guys tried that? And you're like, man, it feels so weird. Like, I'm throwing out adjectives and it's not, not working. You guys know what I'm talking about? So tongues is something that the Holy Spirit can actually give us so that we don't have to be limited by our own language and our own logic, and we can just pray to God. And we, when, when we're speaking and when we're, we're talking, it's actually something that we don't fully understand, but we're talking to God, and God's Holy Spirit is actually building up our spirit and encouraging us and giving us the courage and the strength to move forward. Now, here's what I love. The, the, the scripture actually has this really beautiful, balanced view on this. 1 Corinthians 14, 5, this is Paul writing to this church, and he says, I want all of you to speak in tongues, but even more, I want you to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. And then 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. I, this is like classic Paul, like he's super humble and then he just throws that in. He's like, just want to let you guys know, praying for you, believe in you. I'm very humble, but I do speak in tongues more than all of you guys combined. Just want to let you guys know that. And I'm thankful for that. But he's like, nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind to instruct others in order than 10,000 words in a tongue. So what he's saying is that this gift of tongues is given to us for our private and personal relationship with God. And it is a beautiful gift. And he says, I want you to want this. I want you to have this. But when we're together like this, if I start speaking in tongues, there's going to be some people who are maybe mildly impressed. And there's going to be a lot of people who are very weirded out. And there's going to be nobody who's helped by it. But, but if I am articulating things with my words that you can understand, that's building you up. And so for us, what we want to operate in is we want to operate in this understanding that tongues is a beautiful gift, but we don't do it in the gathered assembly because we want to, do, to, to build up everyone and we want to help everyone, especially if people walk in that aren't Christians. They're going to be very weirded out by people talking in this strange language, okay? And so that's the idea. Now, the, the third instance of tongues is actually Paul says, he does allow tongues in a gathered room like this, but he says someone also has to have the gift of interpretation of tongues, and which can get very complicated. And so again, for, for our church, what we would say is, man, we want you to be able to have this in, as a private prayer language, but in a gathered room like this, in a gathered assembly like this, we're gonna speak in English so that people can understand and so that people, people can move forward. Okay, that's, that's tongues. Now, one other thing that I should say about this um, there are people who teach that uh, tongues is a requirement of having the baptism of the Spirit or having the filling of the Spirit. So if you don't speak in tongues, then you don't actually have the filling of the Spirit. This, this is false. This is wrong. Um, I don't have the verse up here, but the Apostle Paul literally says, does everyone speak in tongues? No, not everyone does. The, the evidence of the Holy Spirit is love coming from your life and power and boldness in your sharing of your faith. That's the fruit or that's the evidence of the Spirit. Okay, let's switch gears and let's talk about prophecy, okay? Now we get prophecy also, you guys still with me? Yeah. Everyone super, super worded out yet? Everyone like I'm ready for cinnamon toast crunch? Okay, prophecy, we're diving back in, here we go. 
Also from 1 Corinthians 4, 14, verse 1, it says this. It says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And he says, the one who prophesies speaks to people, and here's the key, for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation or comfort. So here's a definition. Well, actually, let me step back. When, when I say the word prophecy, a lot of people, they think about like prophecy that's in the Bible. And that's what almost I would call like capital P prophecy, okay? Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Revelation. These are examples of prophecy. Now, these prophets actually spoke from God. They said, thus saith the Lord. It's 100% true. You can bank on it. You can bet on it. Like if it's written in the Bible, it's happening. And there's hundreds and hundreds of examples in the Bible of prophecies that have actually come true in history. Now, when, when Paul is talking here about prophecy, he is not talking about that, okay? Like, we don't need any more books of the Bible, okay? Like, when I was a kid, my mom walked up to me and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm writing a book of the Bible. <laughs> like, I really did. I was like, ready. I was like, maybe God called me to be a pastor, you know? And I was like, the best thing I could do is start my own book, you know? Like, maybe we need some more stuff. And I'll be honest, I only got to the title. I was just like writing weird words. Found out later, we don't need any more books of the Bible. So if you're trying to write books of the Bible, like, we'll talk later, we'll pray later. That's kind of capital P prophecy. I would call this, and this is not like a theological term, this is like a Brian term, is like, this is like lowercase p prophecy. The idea here is that God gives people who are part of the church a message and the purpose is to build up the church. So, so here's a definition for this. A prophecy is an intelligible, Holy Spirit-prompted message shared to a person or community for the goal of building up, encouraging, or comfort. I'm going to break this down. Intelligible. That means even if you don't understand the whole thing, like it's in English and you can understand the words. So it's from the Holy Spirit, and it could be shared to an individual person, or it could be to a whole community. Somebody could get up and say, hey, I feel like God has given a word for the harbor, and it could be to the entire community. And the goal of it is building up, encouraging, and comfort. Now, I think this is very key, because sometimes, again, when people think of prophecy, they think of these doom, gloom things, like, man, in two years, a meteor is going to strike and destroy us all. And that's kind of some of the tone of like Old Testament prophecy, right? It's like very dark and heavy and like deep. But, but this New Testament prophecy that's given to us by the Spirit is to build us up and encourage us in our walk with God. Now, there are a few guidelines that I want to give us because I do desire for us as a community to want this gift, to want to encourage and build each other up. And it can be a beautiful thing. But here's a few guidelines that I want to give. The, 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 there's, there's four of them, and I think they're really important. These are not from Scripture, but I believe it's solid wisdom. First off, and most importantly, we don't go against Scripture, okay? So God will never cross himself over. He's never going to speak something that, that contradicts the Bible. And so most importantly, we don't go against Scripture. Secondly, though, no words about dates, mates, or babies. Now, let me explain. When we're first beginning in exploring prophecy, we have to realize that, that I can get it wrong. You can get it wrong. 
We can earnestly desire to say something helpful and we can get it wrong. And especially with the idea of mates and dates and babies, we can have this desire like, man, I know you guys are trying to have kids, so I'm just gonna prophesy you guys are gonna have a kid. Or man, I know you wanna get married, so it's like, man, God's sending that boo to you so quickly, you know? And we can get into this heartbeat of like, hoping or, or trying to encourage. And so what we want to do is we don't want to go there because that can really cloud judgment. The other thing is no super spiritual phrases. So we don't say when we prophesy, God told me this. We say, I feel like God might be speaking this to you. Because we, we, we don't want to stand on absolute confidence and certainty unless we're quoting the Bible, Okay. If we're not doing that, we want to acknowledge that we could get it wrong and operate with humility. And then the other thing is no condemning or judgmental words, because what's the goal of prophecy? To build up, to encourage, and to comfort. Now, I love this verse from 1 Thessalonians 5. And guys, we're, we're, we're getting towards wrapping up here, so I appreciate you help walking with me in this deep stuff. But here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 5. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies but test everything and hold fast to what is good. In other words, we, we don't want to shut it off and say no prophecy, but we also want to operate with wisdom and understand that someone could say something that's wrong or that's off. We want to test everything. How do we test? We talk to people that we know. We talk to people that we care about. I, I recently, at the harbor a few weeks ago, someone came up and gave me a, a word, a prophetic word, and they said, I feel like God has a word for you. And they gave it to me, and I listened to it, and I went and wrote it down, and I talked to multiple different people about it and asked them, what do you think? And it had already confirmed things that God had spoken to me, and they confirmed it as well. So I wanted to talk to them and involve them in the process. Okay, so to recap... All of that that I just said about tongues and prophecy, that was under the idea of the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. And this is the last part of it, and this is the most important part of it. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts, but these gifts must be directed by love. They must be directed by love. Look at me at verse 12 of 31. It says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you a way of life that is the best of all. And then he says, if I could speak in the tongues of earth and of angels, but I don't have love, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So have you guys ever, ever heard 1 Corinthians 13 before, the love chapter? Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. You guys familiar with that one? Okay, we need to realize the context for that chapter is spiritual gifts. So I, I always think about it within the context of weddings, right? Because like in the weddings that I've done, I've never not read that chapter. A lot of times we hear it at weddings. But, but and sometimes we can think like, like that's just kind of like the verse Paul wrote for weddings. Like, you know, like, like the guy who wrote Butterfly Kisses. You guys know about Butterfly Kisses? Butterfly kisses after bedtime prayer. Come on. It's, it's, no, we're good, we're good. We're, we're stopping, yeah, come on. So here's the idea. That dude wrote that song, and he's like, every father-daughter dance from now on is gonna have that song, right? He's like, honey, we're buying a boat because everybody's buying that song for that. But Paul didn't write 1 Corinthians 13 like, man, like, 
we need a Bible verse to be read at every wedding. What happened was, he said, there's spiritual gifts, but people are using spiritual gifts the wrong way. And so, yes, you should desire the spiritual gifts. And yes, God wants us to use the spiritual gifts, but spiritual gifts should only be used within the context of love. And the point of spiritual gifts is they're just tools for us to love each other. And in fact, he goes on and he says, listen, prophecies, tongues, knowledge, they, they will cease. There will be a day when we don't need those anymore. But love will never end. There will never be a moment when we don't need love. Like, th there will be a time when Jesus comes back and he establishes a new heaven and new earth. And like, I will be out of a job as a pastor because you guys will not need me to teach the Bible anymore. There will never be a time when we don't need to love each other. From here until eternity, we are gonna be self-sacrificially loving and caring for each other. And so what Paul says, and this is very important, is that if there's somebody who says, I'm not into prophecy, I'm not into tongues, but I am passionately about loving and serving other people with the heart of Christ, and there's somebody else who says, I love prophecy, I love tongues, I love the gifts, but I don't use service, he says, this one's right. Now he wants us to use gifts, but he wants us to use them within the context of loving each other. The goal is love. Now we're gonna transition now into a time of prayer. And here's how I wanna set it up, and Leon, if you wanna come up. So I wanna give us an opportunity here to pray specifically around spiritual gifts. And, and when it comes to spiritual gifts, there's two ways that we can receive and we can develop spiritual gifts. First off, we do receive them through prayer. There is actually a scriptural precedent to us receiving prayer and God giving spiritual gifts to us. And so maybe there are people in here who would say, like Brian, I do not know what my spiritual gifts were, but I do want to use spiritual gifts in order to help the kingdom advance. Well, I wanna encourage you to go back and get prayed for. Even if you're like, I just, I, I don't know anything about them. I just want everything God has for me. Go get prayed for. There may be some people who say, I do know my spiritual gifts and I just wanna make sure and make certain that everything that I do is being done in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and you should go back and get prayed for. Maybe you, you do have some spiritual gifts and you're already serving and you're already working out those spiritual gifts but, but, but you actually desire even for more of what God has for you. And that's certainly where I'm at. There, there's some spiritual gifts that I'm like, God, you've given me certain spiritual gifts. I wanna operate them, in, in, but I, I want more. Like I do want more. And that doesn't mean God's gonna give me more, but it's honoring to him that I would desire more. And so maybe there's something that you want. Maybe you, when you hear me talk about tongues, you would say, I, I desire that so I can build up my spirit, or I desire to prophesy to help encourage other people in the faith. So I wanna invite you to desire these things and to get prayed for as well. Or maybe you just want prayer for encouragement. Maybe none of this makes sense and you wanna to talk to somebody about clarity. Maybe you would say, Brian, I, I came in and I wasn't a Christian and now I, I wanna follow God. All of these things you can go get prayer for. So I'm gonna ask um, our prayer 
team. We got Pastor Dave and Barb, Pastor Steve and Terry, and then Mark and Amy, who are some of our elders. They're just gonna spread across the back here. And you guys can uh, go and get prayed for as the song um, happens. So we're just gonna create an environment and create time for God to move. So you guys can get up and spread out. God, thank you for this night. Thank you for giving us spiritual gifts. We want to use them for your kingdom and for your glory. And so God, I just ask that you would have your way. God, we wanna see you move and we want all that you have for us. And God, I've been just believing all week that you were gonna do some special things in this moment. And so Holy Spirit, we do genuinely invite you to have your way. God, I pray that if there are people here who are afraid or who are hesitant, that they would understand that you are good and loving and kind and you do push us out of our comfort zone. You do invite us into deeper waters, but you are kind, you are a gentleman. You, you never enter our lives to harm or to manipulate. You always enter our lives with good intentions. So we invite you, God, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Harbor, please follow us on Instagram at wearetheharbor. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.